Radio. This is PJ Ewing. Welcome to Lester the Nightfly Live. You're listening to WERB Radio. Uh, WERBradio.com. You've got an Alexa app. You've got an iOS app. We've got lots of ways to listen to this great radio station. It's noon on Saturday. It's time to go live and talk about drum roll. You never know what you're going to get, right? In this case, we're going to talk about the opera. I went to the opera the other night. I was very, very fortunate that my sister had an extra ticket or two, and in fact, I listened to uh, and watched and absorbed and was mesmerized by the opera Akhenaten. Uh, there was Victor, there was Daniel, there was Sonny and me, four of us, and we had all different experiences with opera to that point, but we all walked away um, agog is, is the word, mesmerized is a word I, I don't want to overuse today, but really that was the feeling that I had throughout the entire performance. It is one of the richest, one of the best opera experiences I have ever had. And I've had a lot of opera experiences, including the ring cycle at the Met, which is the next thing that I would compare this to. But it was stunning. Philip Glass, the opera Akhenaten. We're going to talk about that. We're going to listen to some of the pieces. In fact, we have the blessing of a Grammy award-winning live recording of Akhenaten with the same cast that we saw the other night at the Met. So, wow, we're going to really get a chance right here, right now, to experience some of what I saw last Thursday, so or just a few days ago. So let's get into it right now. I have lots to share with you, lots about the singing, lots about the opera, the character. I've got a whole piece from the Met that we're going to share. This is really going to be educational and really fun. I would give you one little heads up. This is not for casual listening. So if you're in a car or if you're, you know, distracted, great. You can stay. You're welcome to, to continue. But I would say you want to go back and listen to this again because the music is sublime. This is really, really something special. I probably say that a lot. But in this case, it's really quite quite something to, to prick your ears up, get your, your listening head on, because it's, it's going to be really special to, to go through together. Let's get started. This is the very beginning of the opera, the prelude, a refrain, verses one, verses two, right here on Lester the Nightfly. We're listening to Philip Glass and Akhenaten. Thank you. 
double doors of the horizon, unlocked are its bolts. Clouds darken the sky, the stars rain down, the constellations stagger, the bones of the hellhounds tremble, the porters are silent when they see this king dawning as a soul. Open are the double doors of the horizon. Unlocked are its bolts. Men fall. Their name is not. Seize thou this king by his arm. Take this king to the sky that he not die on earth among men. Open are the double doors of the horizon. Unlocked are its bolts. That's the beginning of Akhenaten by Philip Glass. It's a live recording. It's a Grammy award-winning live recording that was just awarded this year, in fact. Think scale. Think size when you listen to this music. Yes, it's complicated. Uh, Yes, it's simple. If you look at the stage, you'll see some moments where it's absolutely empty with just a giant globe above your head. And other times it's incredibly complicated with jugglers and players and um, deities and uh, people um, crowding the the set. So much going on that you can't pay attention to certain things. I mean, you're, you're getting lost in just the visuals in addition to the music. It's scale... It's repetitive. This is minimalism. This is the definition of minimalist music. If you think of, uh, for those that are a little bit older, when you had a television that played the same thing over and over again, the image started to burn into the TV, like the words or something. This is like uh, the song, the music, the notes, the cadence, the items burning their way into your brain, and then one little shift, and it's like an explosion. So it's a lot of noise, a lot of news that happens. One a little shift happens in the music. I do want to go into a great, long, expansive explanation of the Pharaoh Akhenaten, Philip Glass, the countertenor Anthony Costanzo, but there's a better source than me to try to improvise right now, and that is we have a recording by William Berger. Um, This is a podcast host from the Metropolitan Opera. The podcast is called Mets in Focus Podcast. He is brilliant. His voice is amazing. And he does a great job in explaining with music what really is going on and why this opera is so special and so marvelous. So let's listen to that right now. This is William Berger from the Metropolitan Opera. It's a video that's been out for a little while, audio that's been out for a little while, but I really think it'll help you get your head in the game on this thing called Akhenaten. 
The Pharaoh Akhenaten was a young ruler with one grand vision, monotheism, the worship of one god embodied in the sun. This was a new thing. Akhenaten focuses on ancient history, specifically ancient Egypt, a timeless period, really, with this hypnotic mystical score that functions a little bit like memory itself. In the 1970s and 80s, Philip Glass famously composed what's known as this portrait trilogy of operas. There was Einstein on the Beach, which addressed science, Satyagraha, which addressed the issue of Gandhi and politics, and this opera, Akhenaten, which premiered in 1984 and addresses the whole idea of religion. Akhenaten himself is this fascinating historical character. He was the pharaoh of Egypt around 1350 BCE. He changed the entire system of his country. He suppressed the worship of the old gods, and he built a city specifically dedicated to one god, the sun god, Aten. Although he himself was not a typical-looking person, we know from a couple of depictions of him, he was, in fact, perhaps a little deformed. He married the most beautiful woman of the ancient world, Nefertiti. We have some of their love poetry. But we don't know a lot about him because after he died, his monotheistic system was wiped out and he was eliminated from the historical record. Now, the creators of this opera found it almost helpful for their purposes that Akhenaten had been wiped out from history. It, it left them a lot of room to speculate. Plot, in the sense of who does what to whom, is not really the point of this opera. The story unfolds like a ritual in which we are all participating. What we have is a series of scenes built around major events. We have the funeral of Akhenaten's father, which is the passing of the old order. We have Akhenaten's coronation, the establishment of a new order. Then we have that order passing too and being destroyed. And finally, we have the memory of the idea. Philip Glass's musical style is really well-suited to addressing these speculative ideas and philosophical ideas. It's right there in the music because he's famous for working with these musical figures that repeat several times and then develop very minutely. There might be one note different for a few measures and then another, and pretty soon you're in an entirely different place wondering how you got there. The texts that are sung are adapted from antiquity. Some are in English translation, some are in ancient Egyptian, in another ancient language, Akkadian, and then there's also some spoken text. The orchestration is really interesting. There's a lot of percussion, a lot of brass, especially to highlight the ceremonial and military aspects of the score. And interestingly, there are no violins. 
This came about originally as what the composer calls a happy accident. It, there just was no room in the orchestra pit that they had to use at the premiere. And he figured something has to go. And instead, we have the violas as the highest register string instrument in the orchestra. And this creates a unique texture, really rich, beautiful sound. Akhenaten himself, the title role, is written for a countertenor. That alone is extraordinary. You're going to know right away that Akhenaten is not just another king on the operatic stage. countertenor voice has an inherently otherworldly sound. It encompasses all genders. It's not between male and female. It is both. And therefore, like the spiritual life having no gender, it has a divine quality to it. One of the central pieces of the opera is a hymn to the sun, which is Akhenaten's own text and a very important one in the history of religion. And this is sung in English per Glass's instructions. He always wanted this part sung in the language of the audience. One of the aspects of this moment in history that continues to fascinate people is how much cannot be known about this very ancient reign of a pharaoh. And it very much addresses the filter of how we know and we experience today this very ancient story. When you take this opera on its own terms, it's the story of dreams and aspirations and loss and memory, I find it strangely poignant and powerful in that way that the best operas are. Even though Akhenaten does not unfold in the way of standard operas, it does unfold with its own logic and its own inevitability. You'll find it's a journey as vast as any other you'll encounter in the opera house. And that's a really big statement. As big, as good, as rewarding as anything you will see in the opera house. This is true in my experience. I am still vibrating from a number of nights ago seeing this opera. Truly, I am slightly obsessed at this point. I have been watching and consuming and exploring the world of the Pharaoh, Akhenaten, as well as the world of the music, uh, the stories, the fact that this man was, uh, they tried to erase him because of his views. He was the first monotheist in history, paving the way for Judaism and Christianity. This is a major figure that until about 120 years ago, little was known until they found his tomb. Absolutely fascinating. However, let's move on. Let's get to some music. Let's get to Act 1, Scene 2. You heard in the reference from Mr. Berger, the reference to a coronation of Akhenaten. This is that scene. The actor, Anthony Costanzo, the singer, 
comes on the stage naked. He is naked for much of the opera, in fact. It doesn't seem uh, out, out of place. It's not gratuitous. It's uh, incredibly poignant. Let's listen to The Coronation of Akhenaten from Philip Glass's opera.
Live the Horus, strong bull appearing as justice. He of the two ladies establishing laws and causing the two lands to be pacified. Horus of gold, mighty of arm when he smites the Asiatics. King of upper and lower Egypt. Nefer-Heperu-Ra-Wa-En-Ra, son of Namaet-Ra, lord of the truth like Ra. Son of Ra, Amenhotep, Amen is pleased. Hakuaze, ruler of Thebes, given life. Mighty bull, lofty of plumes, favorite of the two goddesses, great in kinship in Karnak, golden hawk, wearer of diadems in the southern Heliopolis, king of upper and lower Egypt. Beautiful is the being of Ra, the only one of Ra, son of the sun, peace of Amun, divine ruler of Thebes, great in duration, living forever and ever, beloved of Amun-Ra, lord of heaven.
is installed, Akhenaten becomes the new pharaoh. His father has passed away, and he is uh, coronated. It is a stunning scene. It's slow motion. It's epic. It's got scale and size, and you can hear that in the music. That, you know, into my ears, because I follow all kinds of music, as you know, and I hope you do too, um, that's house music. That's a great rock and roll strum, uh, a great rock and roll riff. That's got an epic sound, a size to it that makes me want to just sink into the notes. Honestly, you don't need to, you can call it anything you like, but the power of that music, the repetition, the burning into your brain, it just blows me away. I feel like I've been co-opted for the last three days since I saw the opera, as all I can think of are these notes, honest to God, it's like, Playing in my brain constantly the uh, the score. I've listened to it a number of times in preparation for this show, and it's been a joy each time. Right now, I've turned the headphones up, and I'm listening along with you just in love with these sounds. And I'll tell you, as amazing as what you just heard is, and it is just as good as it gets in opera as far as I'm concerned. Truly, go in the full history of opera. This is one of the great moments, and the composer is alive and well. Uh, Philip Glass, to this day, he's a New Yorker, and um, you know he's created this marvel. As good as that was, the next piece that you're about to hear is even better in a, in a different sort of way. This is the hymn to the sun. This is Anthony Costanzo. He is singing as Akhenaten to his god, Aten. He has done away with all of the other gods, all 200. He's cast aside. He has decided the sun is his god. The sun is the god for all Egyptians. And he's singing his hymn to his god. This is, again, Anthony Costanzo. You're listening to Lester the Nightfly Live. It's WERB Radio. It's PJ DJ sometimes. It's Lester the Nightfly Live. Let's listen to some more. Philip Glass from the opera Akhenaten.
Grammy award-winning live recording of the Met Opera, the Met Orchestra, the Met Choir, Anthony Costanzo, that's uh, directed by Karen Komensek. That was her debut at the Metropolitan Opera. She conducted the other night when I saw this production of Akhenaten. We, we discussed this extensively at the opera, and one of the gentlemen that was with us, my new friend Victor, said afterward, this sounds sacred. It is a sacred thing that we uh, witnessed. A man and his God, a man claiming one God for the first time in human history, mind you, claiming one God, not many, and doing away with the polytheism and going with monotheism. It didn't last, of course. It was short-lived. Let me read just a little bit about this to you. I want you to hear just a bit about the, the actual man, Akhenaten, also pronounced Akhenaten, which is what I thought it was until last week. Akhenaten was an ancient Egyptian pharaoh reigning from 1353 to 1336 before the Common Era BC, the 10th ruler of the 18th dynasty. Before the fifth year of his reign, he was known as Amenhotep, the fourth, that was his original name, and he rechristened himself Akhenaten, Aten being the god, the, he created a new city, etc. Let's, let's read a little bit more. As Pharaoh, Akhenaten is noted for abandoning Egypt's traditional polytheism, introducing Atenism, or worship centered around Aten. The culture shift away from the traditional religion was reversed after his death. So Akhenaten's monuments were dismantled and hidden. His statues were destroyed after his death, and his name excluded from the lists of rulers compiled by later pharaohs. He was erased, and he wasn't rediscovered until many, many years later. All but lost to history until the late 19th century discovery of Amarna or Akhenaten, the new capital city he built for the worship of Aten. Furthermore, in 1907, a mummy that could be, is expected to be, frankly, I think is Akhenaten, was unearthed from the tomb in the Valley of the Kings by Edward R. Ayrton. Genetic testing has determined that the man buried was Tutankhamun's father, but its identification as Akhenaten has since been questioned. So it's, it's a little bit questionable. All this stuff is, I mean, it was 3,300 years ago, for goodness sake. But here's the last paragraph I want you to hear. Akhenaten's, Akhenaten's rediscovery and Flinders Petrie's this is a gentleman named Flinders Petrie. Don't you love that? His early excavations of Amarna sparked great public interest in the pharaoh and his queen Nefertiti. He has been described as, I love these words, enigmatic, mysterious, revolutionary, the greatest idealist of the world, and the first individual in history. Also, as a heretic fanatic, possibly insane and mad. Oh my gosh. Um, by the way, he is depicted as half female or part female or 
with female attributes, breasts and hips and a little tummy, and it's very confusing. He could they could have had a, a specific disease that lengthens your fingers. Uh, so many questions. He could have been potentially um, a hermaphrodite or trans. I mean, there's so many theories around this individual who was just erased. If you can just believe that, it's just the drama of the story is ridiculous. Then you add Philip Glass and this incredible opera and the singing, and you just, dear Lord, um, it, it's just a big topic that I can't, I can't hope to cover very well right now. So we are going to go on to our final piece. This is the epilogue. He has passed away. Uh, the dynasty is over, and we're now looking back on him in a very holy way. Um, and this is the conclusion of the opera, and I'll let it play, and then we'll be done. But I just, I just want to say one more thing, and that is after this played, we all clapped, they did curtain calls, and then there he was, a god of opera, a god of music, a god of composition, rather, on the stage. His name is Philip Glass. He attended this premiere of the opera just a few nights ago, and we went out of our minds. It was like a goal was scored at the Champions League in a soccer game or something. It, we went out of our minds, because there he was, beautiful, 85-year-old Philip Glass on a curtain call. You don't know how long you're going to have Philip Glass around this world. And he created this work, and there we all were to appreciate it. It was just one of those great moments in life. Let's listen to the epilogue of Akhenaten. This has been PJ Ewing. It's Lester the Nightfly Live. Right after this, we have uh, DJ K and some African music, Afrosonic Taxi. And I'll be here next week to do something else that's awesome here on Lester the Nightfly Live.